The Denver Broncos will face one of their stiffest tests of the season as they take on electrifying young rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans in Week 13. We'll break down why that's a big challenge for Denver today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And the Denver Broncos make it six straight games on Sunday against the Houston Texans and C.J. Stroud. That's what we're going to break down on today's brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country and a shout out to all the everydayers out there who make us your first listen of the day every single day. You can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports, joined alongside as always by Sarah Bettinger. Sci expert, predominantlyorange.com. Today's episode of the show is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code in all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit matchup to $100. Sarah, Sunday's matchup here against the Houston Texans, not only do we talk about two teams that have the same record going into the matchup, the stakes are high and the storylines for these teams are entirely different. I mean, you look at where the Broncos were at the beginning of the season. You look at the Houston Texans before the season even began. They're like, what's it going to look like with D'Amico Ryans in his first year as a head coach who was in the running for the Broncos head coaching job at one point and a rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud. Fast forward to week 13, both teams sitting at six and five and have some very, very interesting storylines ahead of them. But for the Broncos, the defense, they're going to face a really stiff test this week against C.J. and that Houston Texans offense. They absolutely are. C.J. Stroud has been fantastic as a rookie quarterback in the NFL. And of course, I think his ability, his level of play maybe led to Frank Reich getting fired there in Carolina. Right, Cody? I mean, that at least had to be part of the contributing factor. But C.J. Stroud has played very, very well. D'Amico Ryan's doing a tremendous job. We know uh, those two guys, they're working together very well. Bobby Slowick calling the offense. So it's another game for the Denver Broncos defense against a a QB collective disciple here, Cody. So it'll be fascinating to see how this one goes. Now, the biggest thing with C.J. Stroud is I think he spreads the ball around as well as any quarterback in the league is doing it right now. And that's part of the reason why he ranks second in the NFL in total passing yards, over 3,200 passing yards this season. And he's tied for seventh in the league with 19 passing touchdowns. Of course, that 19 passing touchdown number is just ever so slightly behind our guy, Russell Wilson, who has 20 passing touchdowns this season. But you look at some of the numbers for CJ Stroud, man, he's spreading the ball around really well. They're capitalizing with big plays. He's converting in the red zone. They're doing a lot of things that you don't often see rookie quarterbacks able to do very well. When you look at the options that he has, I mean, look, they just got Damian Pierce back at running back. You and I last year, when we talked about that matchup in week two of last season, when Davis Mills was the quarterback, like Damian Pierce is the most dangerous guy on the field. You have to worry about him. And obviously considering some of Denver's history this season, struggling to stop the run, that's certainly a dynamic to watch for with Pierce back in the lineup here. But I think you look at CJ Stroud, look at the weapons he's got thrown to. Like he's got Bobby Trees, Robert Woods. For those of you that don't know, Bobby Trees is his nickname. Nico Collins is having a terrific year. He's a long, sizable target. And then Tank Dell is balling. And he's got legitimate speed to get behind defenses. So for me, I look at the weapons that they have. This is a tough dynamic for Denver's defense because not only is CJ Stroud really good at throwing the football, right? He's 
I think he's had more 300-yard passing games this season than Justin Fields has had so far in his entire career in the NFL. But you also look at it from the standpoint that CJ, when the play breaks down, the pocket breaks down around him. I mean, kind of similar to Russell Wilson, very good being mobile, throwing, extending plays, creating opportunities in the scramble drill. This is, in my opinion, Sarah, like I know Denver's faced Patrick Mahomes. I know they faced Josh Allen. This might be the biggest test that Denver is going to face so far this season because of the weapons that Houston has, their ability to run the football with Pierce when healthy, and C.J. Stroud being able to extend plays. Like He is a very, very dangerous player. A 19-5 to touchdown to interception ratio. Russell Wilson's at 20-4 to at this point. I mean, they're very similar in how they're doing it, but C.J. Stroud, he's lighting it up. He's throwing the ball downfield. He's giving them chances. He's capitalizing on big plays. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little anxious about this game here. This is a big test for Denver's defense. I'm very curious to see how they match up and who they decide to put on who and what the game plan is going into this week's game. They're going to have to watch what Jonathan Gannon and that Arizona Cardinals defense did to CJ Stroud. I believe that was the game where he threw three interceptions just a couple of weeks ago. So what was it that they did to cause him maybe some confusion or to cause him to try to fit the ball into places that he couldn't or Pressure-wise, what kind of pressure looks are they bringing? We've seen the Broncos be very diverse defensively with their pressure looks in recent weeks, and there's no better examples of that than the Minnesota game and then obviously their most recent victory this past weekend. So, hey, I think that you, you're you in a good spot here defensively. You're doing the right things. You've gained the right kind of momentum, right, when you're talking about rushing the quarterback, getting quarterback hits, making sure that you have – guys that are in the right place in the secondary and they are going to have to be on point in this one Cody I mean Pat Sertan he may get tested in this game right because because of how much CJ Stroud likes to distribute the ball around to different parts of the field so you may not see the Texans completely avoid Pat Sertan's side of the field and I think that that could make for a really interesting dynamic in this game as well but we know that the Broncos need to be better at stopping the run because ultimately, as good as the Texans are at passing the football, you want to make sure you do force the game into C.J. Stroud's hands to, to keep the Texans a little more one-dimensional. If they're working on all cylinders here, the Broncos' defense is going to be in a bad position. But you need to get C.J. Stroud off his spot and find a way to figure out how to do what the Cardinals did just a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Yeah, I'm very curious to see what Vance Joseph is going to design up here for Denver defensively. But man, I, I think the the biggest challenge here is when you look at Houston's offense and the way that they do certain things, gosh, you see so much motion, right? So much motion from Tank Dell, so much motion from the slot. They'll put Nico Collins inside the slot as the number two or the number three receiver. You know, there is a former Bronco there, Andrew Beck. I think if I'm not mistaken, Eric Tomlinson is still mm -hmm. there or Eric Saubert is there. I'm not sure which one. I'll have to double check that. But they have dudes. They have guys that are dudes, man. And I, their offense is clicking on all cylinders. Their defense has some talent to them. And obviously, we'll dive deep into the Texans' defense, what the Broncos' offense has to do this week against Houston. We'll dive deep into that conversation discussion here on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. Did the game go to a timeout? Well, it's time to order in with DoorDash. If it's halftime, that's ordering time. If it's the two-minute warning, you got it. That's your cue. 
to order in. You can order pizza, wings, soda, burgers, or even just buns on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game. You can order chips, dips, nachos, and everything you need to make your own nachos on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game or if you're building up for a tailgate party. Now, I'll tell you this. I love using DoorDash for some of my local favorites. You've heard me talk about Illegal Pete's. I always get the protein-packed double-stuffed burrito with rice, a little bit of cilantro added in there, and a little bit of guacamole. But I like to go double steak and chicken for the maximum protein benefit. And the best part about it, DoorDash They bring it directly to my doorstep. They can leave it there. They can hand it directly to me, but I also get a track when it arrives there. So that's one reason why I rock with DoorDash. It makes it very convenient, especially this week as the Broncos play the Houston Texans on the road. That means I can order something and have it delivered to me for the game for kickoff. So get prepared before game day. Stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all of your tailgate gear on DoorDash. Then get ready to watch your team win. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app. Once again, you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and you enter code LOCKED23, subject to change, terms apply. Today's Lockdown Broncos is also brought to you by our friends over there at Price Picks. And as you all know, at Price Picks is daily fantasy sports done right. Price Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in all of North America. Price Picks is the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS, where it's just you against the numbers. Price Picks is the most fun that I've had, winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players, you pick more or less on their projected stats, and then you place your entry. It's that simple. And with basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. It's a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can use Stephen Curry and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 point combo of three-pointers made, and on top of that, receptions overall on top of that price picks also offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players they get injured for football and basketball games if you have a player who exits the game win the first half and does not return in the second half that player is rebooted and price picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy go to pricepicks.com slash lockdown nfl and use code lockdown nfl for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, go to pricepicks.com slash lockdown NFL and use code lockdown NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. If the Denver Broncos keep on running the ball, it really does feel like they can beat just about anybody as we look forward to the final six games of the season, starting with the Houston Texans and whether or not the Broncos can keep up this streak of running the ball that they're on. And we're going to talk about why that could make a huge difference in this game against Houston and what the Broncos need to do in order to keep pounding the rock. But before we go any further, want to give a huge shout out and say thank you to every single one of you that makes locked on Broncos. Your first listen of the day, every single day right here on the locked on podcast network, your team every day. And for you, every day is whether you listen to podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, as well as watching Cody and I on YouTube, especially for those of you that subscribe to the show. And we appreciate every single one of you. And we love getting to do this. So thank you for your support. Thank you for listening and for being part of us and rocking with us every single day here. Cody Broncos need to keep pounding the rock. They did it 39 times against the Cleveland Browns. It's a recipe for success. If you can run, if you can utilize 39 offensive plays to run the ball, I mean, there's no doubt that you you're probably going to win the game. I mean, there's no, there's no question. If you're running the ball that much, unless you're, you know, the Iowa Hawkeyes or something, you're probably coming away with a victory. The Denver Broncos, they're running the ball. Well, the offensive line is gelling. 
what does this team need to do against Houston? A pretty good run defense to keep this train chugging along. Well, I just remember last year too, they're not without even D'Amico Ryan's being there. The run defense for the Texans when Denver played them in week two last season was tough. It was hard for Javante Williams to really get anything going in that game. So I think if they can come out here and find a way, and the one play I think I like Denver doing the most, it's that rush draw, right? It's like where Russ is in the shotgun. He gets the ball and it's like a quick handoff where he's also assisting, pushing the running back right in the back, guiding him into the hole. Denver's had a lot of success doing that and also maybe doing some trap plays there, but they've struggled consistently running the ball to the outside, right? That I think is an issue we're going to, you know, maybe see how, how do the Texans defend that? Because coming into last week's game, okay, hey, the, the Cleveland Browns were the best defenses in the NFL, but Denver was able to run the ball, as you mentioned, for 169 rushing yards on 39 total attempts against them. Russell Wilson had 11 total carries in a game. When is the last time we've seen Russ have 11 carries in a football game, let alone the QB read option? It's been a while since we've seen that, but then a healthy dose of Javante Williams, Samaj P. Ryan, even Jaleel McLaughlin at times. Denver has to continue to be diverse with how they're running the football. And look, you're going to have to pound the rock inside. You're going to have to try to capitalize. What is a mismatch? How can you get, in my opinion, I think Quinn Miners is the best guard in football right now. How do you get him into a, a position where he can create more opportunities, run behind your strength? I think Mike McGlinchey and Quinn Miners and even Lloyd Cushenberry, I think that right side is Denver's strong side in terms of running the ball. How do you open up those lanes and those opportunities? You're going to have to try to get to the outside at times, but We've seen Denver get to the outside on a big run with Javante and all of a sudden called back to what I thought was a very bad holding call against Cortland Sutton. I didn't feel like that was holding, but the NFL, they had their own ideas. The refs thought it was whatever they thought it was and, you know, so be it. But Denver has to, this has to be the emphasis here. And also I think Denver can capitalize too. Like if they do get the run game going, I mean, Sarah, we're seeing it open things up in the passing game. This could very well be a game where, Hey, it's indoors. The Broncos first indoor game that they're going to play this season, Sarah, Russ could air it out in this game in big-time fashion. Look, there's Derek Stingley Jr., though, who's probably going to guard Cortland Sutton. Remember that matchup last year? Cortland, had, I think, had 12 total targets or 12 catches, 11 or 12 catches in that game on 12 targets, and he, he had a big production, but he was a rookie. He's gotten a lot better, and he's a little more stingier now. That feels like that game was like a lifetime ago at this point, doesn't oh, it? Man. I mean, there was still optimism for the Broncos at that point in the 2022 season. So, wow, it's... It's kind of crazy to think back. I'd almost pushed that out of my memory completely there. But you're right, Cody. If if Houston's run defense, which has been pretty good this season, right? Obviously, they've been good defensively overall. But Houston, they are, I mean, they're only averaging 3.6 yards per carry. They're eighth in total rushing yards allowed. So it could be some tough sledding. And the Broncos are going to have to be more dynamic, more diverse offensively to win this game. You may not be able to run it 39 times, right? Because like you said, Russell Wilson carried it 11 times against. So what do you have to do? I think getting Jerry Judy a little bit more involved is in the cards. Yeah. Marvin Mims, these guys, I don't know when, I, I know we've seen a, about a comment today, Cody asking about Greg Dulcich. I don't even know if he's going to start ramping up at practice anytime soon, mm. but that, that's not, that's not the case. So, Hey, no Greg Dulcich, but the tight end position, maybe there's an opportunity there to get somebody more involved in the passing game. I mean, I just think, yeah, you got to diversify what you're doing. You want to establish the run. You want to have, you know, the ability to stay effective there. But at the same time, you may need to attack this Houston secondary in order to convert third downs, in order to convert in the red zone and maybe take some big shots downfield. Once again, as we've seen, the Broncos continually have some success in that area as well. 
Well, after Lucas Kroll was elevated for the Buffalo game, we haven't seen him elevated. It's been David Sills and obviously Tyler Lancaster this past week. They got the game day elevation from the practice squad. Now, if I'm not mistaken, that was David Sills' third call-up, which means he's going to have to obviously be promoted to the active roster or he's going to have to get waived and then sign back to the practice squad. Then they can use him again. This could be a week we see Lucas Kroll activated here on a game day elevation. He's got two more standard elevations to be able to be used here. And I, you know, I, I like that point there. We've also seen Adam Troutman get a little bit more involved in the last two weeks in the passing game. Is it game breaking? No, but hey, he caught a touchdown and he had two key first downs in a two minute drill in the first half against the, the Minnesota Vikings just a couple weeks ago. So there are things that they can build upon here. I also think they got to capitalize on field position. I mean, I think for the most part, no team is going to actually kick the ball to Marvin Mims in the kick return department. They'll more than likely boot it out of the end zone if they're smart, which they have been doing that. But maybe Marvin could also help them this week in terms of flipping field position with the punt return game. He didn't really get any opportunities to return much this past week. They were high punts by C.J. Borquez. I butchered his last name right there. I apologize for that, but you guys know what I'm saying. He's got a leg on him. And it's going to be indoors. You don't have the altitude descent there. So there could very well be a situation where Marvin Mims has some explosive plays in the return game that at least gets Denver near midfield or past midfield. Heck, could Denver even score on a special teams play? I think that would be a huge benefit to them, especially against a Houston Texans team. And then obviously coming into this matchup, the Texans, they ranked eighth in rushing yards allowed and third in yards per carry, allowing 3.6 yards per carry. So it's not easy, right? And it, it's stingy. And they, they pinch the gaps really well. And they're very disciplined. This is going to be a tough test, probably Denver's toughest test so far of the season when we talk about an opponent and a, when we talk about, hey, you're on a five-game win streak. Now everything is crucial. You have six games left. Five of the six are against AFC opponents. Denver's got to take care of business with a three and four conference record. The Houston Texans, they're not going to make it easy here. And look, Broncos country, one thing we know we've been talking about here on the show, the Broncos have been playing good football we know they can play even better at times. They are not even playing their best football yet, in our opinion. Sean Payton also believes the same thing. What does Denver have to do and what areas can they improve? Well, we'll dive deeper down today's episode, Locked on Broncos. Today's Locked on Broncos is brought to you by our friend over there at LinkedIn Jobs. And when you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs, they have the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. And it's important to have quality candidates to interview, which makes it easy to hire the right people for your company. And LinkedIn jobs makes it easier to do just that. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or the resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, it's quick and easy, and they even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, which makes the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, we all know that this Broncos team, despite winning five games in a row, they can play even better. Have they played their best football? I don't necessarily believe they have just yet, which could be a very, very good thing as the Broncos embrace a very, very pivotal stretch here coming up. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day here on Lockdown Broncos. You can get us on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts for free. Thank you so much for rocking with us every single day. Sarah, my friend, 
you know, we had a conference call with Sean Payton on Monday morning following the Broncos victory on Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. You know, we talked about the state of the AFC, the AFC West, the playoff picture. And Sean Payton was asked a question about the playoff picture. And do you pay much attention to that? And he's like, I don't have to because you guys do that for me. So, I mean, we, we already have kind of put that out there there. But the, he told us that the main focus for him is that this is a football team that isn't so much focused on what's ahead. They're focused on, hey, this is the current week. And since they had that Miami game, their focus has been game by game, week by week, which being in the sport, it's so tough to embrace that, right? Because you're always monitoring what other teams are doing, who's winning, who's losing. But as a team, you absolutely have to monitor what can we control this week. And Denver can, can only control their effort and their preparation for Houston. They, Yeah, exactly. And that's spot on, really. And it's what we talked about in yesterday's show where it's like you can't look at this game as we need to extend this winning streak to six games. You have to think of it as, hey, wipe that all away. We're going for a uh, uh, win number one right now. We're, we need to be owing, or want to know this week. And really, that is, I know, as cliche of a mentality as that can seem, like, got to be one to know this week. It, you really do have to reset and yeah. reframe in your mind. You know, you can't just say, well, we're on a great streak right now. We got to keep it going because that's when when that tension starts to build and you start stretching, stretching, stretching. Eventually, hey, we all know it's going to snap, right? And so you want to be able to reset and refocus so that you're not getting to that point of being overly stretched, right? So Sean Payton realizes one of the biggest ways that this Broncos team needs to improve is in the red zone. Now, we spent some time on Monday talking about the fact that, hey, Russell Wilson, he's completed 17 touchdown passes among his 34 total pass completions in the red zone, which is an insane rate. And yet Sean Payton said when he was asked about that, Cody, he's like, let's back it up here for a second because we haven't been good in the red zone. And it's true. I mean, there's there bottom half of the league in the red zone conversion rate and we've we've talked about it on the show after buffalo after minnesota after a number of games so where even that kansas city game where the broncos won pretty handily i would say even after those three games right there that you won you're looking back and you're thinking man they could have won by two touchdowns if they would have scored touchdowns right i mean they just they're kicking a lot of field goals not converting a ton of red zone opportunities into touchdowns and that's where we're seeing a little bit of disconnect you know what it's been a long time since cody i was thinking of this as you were just talking there for a second it's been a long time since the broncos put 30 plus points on the board the last time they did that was out of necessity. You know, I remember they had to come back against the Chicago Bears. So they won 31 to 28 in that game. Maybe this is the week that I know it's a good defense. All due respect, of course, to Houston. Maybe this is a week where we see the Broncos finally put it all together offensively and get above that 30 point mark again. Ah, uh, they would need that. That would be so crucial for them this week. And look, as, as you and you were talking about that as well, like you talk about all the times where Denver had opportunities to put up points against those teams after the Broncos defense generated a takeaway. They've left so many points on the field this season, right? And just if if you can flip it to the inverse and Denver can convert there, Denver's averaging a little bit more over at that point. I think they'd be well over 30 yards. I mean, 30, not 30 yards, 30 points per game in the stretch in which they've been winning games here. And that to me tells me like this team, like they're doing things right, but they're not quite consistent enough at doing it, right? And so if they can find a way to flip that switch and play better, and better than they are playing right now. I mean, Sarah, we are talking about an entirely different Broncos team, a team that all of a sudden becomes, in the eyes of some people in the national media, have now said they could become contenders so far, which is crazy. I don't think we would have ever thought at any point this season that would be the case for Denver after they started off one and five here. 
But I believe firmly that Denver ha- has not played their best football yet. And that, to me, I think is an exciting element because what if they do? What if they start playing their best football? How do they get there? It's all about putting up points and capitalizing on those opportunities the defense is giving you, not settling for three every single time, getting off the field on third down. Like Denver still has to become a better team on third down, and they've been trending in the right direction as of late, but they've got to be more consistent with that, and they can't find themselves third and you know 12-plus the way that they did against the Buffalo Bills five or six times in that game, which is astronomical. So Denver's trending in the right direction, haven't played their best football yet, but I have a feeling. It's close. I do too. I feel like it's it's been kind of bubbling and brewing beneath the surface lately. It's it's those opportunities that they're getting. And it's not just the the countless extra possessions they're getting off of the defense creating turnovers either. I mean, they are driving the ball down the field. And unfortunately, a number of these really good drives that they've had have been absolutely killed by penalties or uh, a bad mistake by a player or a turn, you know, a fumble by Russell Wilson, like we saw uh, this past weekend. I mean, there's one thing after another where it just feels like they, there's something always tugging in the way of this team really being efficient in the red zone. And they, they're getting opportunities. They're driving the ball. They're, they're getting good starting field position regardless of the turnovers. They are number three in the entire NFL in starting field position. When you combine the the starting field position average that the Broncos have, the way they run the ball, the way the offensive line is playing, the relatively mistake-free football that we're seeing from them, they should be among the best in the NFL when it comes to the red zone. But we're just not cashing in. We need to see more maybe opportunities for Jerry Judy in the red zone. Maybe we need to see yeah. uh, a better running game in the red zone because remember, uh, this past weekend against Cleveland, the Broncos notched just their second and third rushing touchdowns of the season. They only had one rushing touchdown going into that Cleveland game this year, which is insane to me. So they need to run the ball better in the red zone. They obviously need to, you know, extend those drives. Don't have drive killing penalties. Don't put yourself behind the sticks. Once you get into the red zone, don't pull yourself out by taking a unnecessary sack, things like that. So there's a lot of factors that go into it, Cody, but ultimately you're right. They are leaving a lot of points out there on the field. I like the Jerry Judy mention that you brought up here because, look, Jerry's had a relatively quiet. I think this past week was quiet. He had some big plays against Minnesota, but like he only had three total targets. He had two catches, 11 yards on three total targets in this game. One of those targets was knocked away, which should have been, in my opinion, pass interference inside the, the end zone there on a Browns defender there. So getting Jerry more involved versus just throwing him the screen game or the smoke screen. Cortland Sutton has, saw six targets this past week, had three catches, had an incredible catch that got called back due to offensive pass interference. But then Javante was the next highest targeted receiver against the Cleveland Browns. He had six targets, but he had three catches overall for six yards. So they're going to have to find a little bit more balance. And we did see Marvin Mims in the scramble drill. I thought he and Russ did a great job this past week. He had two catches, 24 yards, including that one on the scramble drill that was you know gained for 16 yards on a crucial third down there. So Denver has the pieces to do it. Can they find balance? Can they find consistency? That, to us, is the biggest question for this team heading into Sunday's matchup against the Houston Texans. Broncos country, we always want to know what you thought of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. If you're watching on YouTube, comment it down below. If you're listening, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you let us know on social media, at Cody Work NFL, at Sir Bettinger, at Lockdown Broncos. But that'll wrap up today's episode of the show. For all you everydayers out there, here's what you can expect on tomorrow's installment 
of LOB. That's our good friend Sarah Bettinger sitting down with John Hickman, host of the Locked On Texans podcast. They're going to cross it over to preview the biggest storylines for these teams, key matchups to watch, and what each team needs to do to come out of Sunday's big-time game, a morning 11 o'clock a.m. Mountain Time kickoff, how that's going to play out. That's going to be huge. They'll have you covered on tomorrow's brand-new episode, Locked On Broncos.